It's May the 9th. Let's read the Bible. Friends, welcome back to this year-long journey we started. Feels like a long time ago. We started on January the 1st, book of Genesis. We've been interspersing Old Testament and New Testament and dropping in little parts of the book of Psalms. And we've come today to 2 Samuel 16, 17, and 18. And by the way, if you have not yet downloaded the reading guide, please, by all means, download the reading guide. Go to keepbelieving.com right there on the front page. There's a link. Click on it. PDF file. You can download it. Gives all 365 readings and explains the principle that we're following, how we set this up. So then, 2 Samuel 16. This is, we're coming to the end of the story about Absalom. He is coming to a bad end. Absalom, Absalom murdered his brother Amnon, who raped his sister Tamar. We understand that part of the story. But Absalom rebelled against his father, tried to overthrow his father, tried to set up a counter-kingship. God's not going to allow that. David was God's man. With whatever his weaknesses were, doesn't matter. God's not going to allow that. David is God's man. Absalom is not. So we're in the middle of this rebellion. What's going to happen? 2 Samuel 16, when David had gone a little beyond the summit, Ziba, Mephibosheth's servant, was right there to meet him. He had a pair of saddled donkeys loaded with 200 loaves of bread, 100 clusters of raisins, 100 bunches of summer fruit, and a clay jar of wine. The king said to Ziba, why do you have these? Ziba answered, the donkeys are for the king's household to ride, the bread and summer fruit are for the young men to eat, and the wine is for those to drink who become exhausted in the wilderness. Where is your master's grandson? The king asked. Why he is staying in Jerusalem? Ziba replied to the king, for he said, today the house of Israel will restore my grandfather's kingdom to me. The king said to Ziba, all that belongs to Mephibosheth is now yours. I bow before you, Ziba said, may I find favor with you, my lord the king. When King David got to Bahurim, a man belonging to the family of the house of Saul was just coming out. His name was Shimei, son of Gera, and he was yelling curses as he approached. He threw stones at David and at all the royal servants, the people and the warriors on David's right and left. Shimei said as he cursed, Get out! Get out! You man of bloodshed! You wicked man! The Lord has paid you back for all the blood of the house of Saul in whose place you became king and the Lord has handed the kingdom over to your son Absalom. Look, you are in trouble because you are a man of bloodshed. Then Abishai, son of Zeruai, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over and remove his head. The king replied, Sons of Zeruai, do we agree on anything? He curses me this way because the Lord told him curse David. Therefore, who can say, Why did you do that? Then David said to Abishai and all his servants, Look, my own son, my own flesh and blood, intends to take my life. How much more now this Benjaminite? Leave him alone and let him curse me. The Lord has told him to. Perhaps the Lord will see my affliction and restore goodness to me instead of Shimei's curses today. So David and his men proceeded along the road as Shimei was going along the ridge of the hill opposite him. As Shimei went, he cursed David, threw stones at him, and kicked up dust. Finally, the king and all the people with him arrived, exhausted. So they rested there. Now Absalom and all the Israelites came to Jerusalem. Ahithophel was also with him. When David's friend, Hushai the Archite, came to Absalom, 
Husha said to Absalom, Long live the king, long live the king. Is this your loyalty to your friend Absalom? asked Hushai. Why didn't you go with your friend? Not, not at all, Hushai answered Absalom. I am on the side of the one that the Lord, this people, and all the men of Israel have chosen. I will stay with him. Furthermore, whom will I serve if not his son? As I served in your father's presence, I will also serve in yours. Then Absalom said to Ahithophel, Give me your advice. What should we do? Ahithophel re replied to Absalom, Sleep with your father's concubines, whom he left to take care of the palace. When all Israel hears that you've become repulsive to your father, everyone with you will be encouraged. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on the roof, and he slept with his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. Now, the advice Ahithophel gave in those days was like someone asking about a word from God. Such was the regard that both David and Absalom had for Ahithophel's advice. Second Samuel 17. Ahithophel said to Absalom, Let me choose 12,000 men, and I will set out in pursuit of David tonight. I will attack him while he is weary and discouraged, throw him into a panic, and all the people with him will scatter. I will strike down only the king and bring all the people back to you. When everyone returns except the man you're looking for, all the people will be at peace. This proposal seemed right to Absalom and all the elders, elders of Israel. Then Absalom said, Summon Hushai the archite also. Let's hear what he has to say as well. So Hushai came to Absalom, and Absalom told him, Ahithophel offered this proposal. Should we carry out his proposal? If not, what do you, what do you say? Hushai replied to Absalom, The advice Ahithophel has given this time is not good. Hushai continued, You know your father and his men. They are warriors and are desperate, like a wild bear robbed of her cubs. Your father is an experienced soldier who won't spend the night with the people. He's probably already hiding in one of the caves or some other place. If some of our troops fall first, someone is sure to hear and say there's been a slaughter among the people who follow Absalom. Then even a brave man with the heart of a lion will lose heart because all Israel knows that your father and the valiant men with him are warriors. Instead, I advise that all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, as numerous as the sand by the sea, be gathered to you and that you personally go into battle. There we will attack David wherever we find him, and we will descend on him like dew on the ground. Not even one will be left, neither he or any of the men with him. If he retreats to some city, all Israel will bring ropes to that city, and we will drag its stones into the valley until not even a pebble can be found there. Since the Lord had decreed that Ahithophel's good advice be undermined in order to bring about Absalom's ruin, Absalom and all the men of Israel said the advice of Hushai the archite is better than Ahithophel's advice. Hushai then told the priests Zadok and Abiathar, This is what Ahithophel advised Absalom and the elders of Israel, and this is what I advise. Now, send someone quickly and tell David, Don't spend the night at the wilderness ford, but be sure to cross over the Jordan, where the king and all the people with him will be devoured. Jonathan and Ahimaaz were staying at Enrogel, where a servant girl would come and pass along information to them. They in turn would go and inform King David, because they dared not be seen entering the city. However, a young man did see them and informed Absalom. So the two left quickly and came to the house of a man in Bahurun. Bahurun. He had a well in his courtyard and they climbed down into it. Then his wife took the cover, placed it over the mouth of the well and scattered grain on it so nobody would know anything. Absalom's servants came to the woman at the house and asked, Where are Ahim Oz and Jonathan? They passed by toward the water. The woman replied to them. The men searched but did not find them, so they returned to Jerusalem. After they had gone, Ahimaaz and Jonathan climbed out of the well and went and informed King David. 
they told him, Get up and immediately ford the river, for Ahithophel has given this advice against you. So David and all the people with him got up and crossed the Jordan. By daybreak, there was no one who would not cross the Jordan. When Ahithophel realized that his advice had not been followed, he saddled his donkey and set out for his house in his hometown. He set his house in order and hanged himself. So he died and was buried in his father's tomb. David had arrived at Mahanaim by the time Absalom crossed the Jordan with all the men of Israel. Now Absalom had appointed a mesa over the army in Joab's place. Amasa was the son of a man named Ithra the Israelite. Ithra had married Abigail, daughter of Nahash. Abigail was a sister to Zeruah, Joab's mother, and Israel and Absalom camped in the land of Gilead. When David came to Mahanaim, Shobi, son of Nahash, or Rabbah of the Ammonites, maker son of Amiel from Lodabar, and Barzillai the Gileadite from Rogalim, brought beds, basins, and pottery items. They also brought wheat, barley, flour, roasted grains, beans, lentils, honey, curds, sheep, goats, and cheese from the herd for David and the people with him to eat. They had reason. The people must be hungry, exhausted, and thirsty in the wilderness. You kind of sense it, can't you? This, all these details, but it's all building toward a climax. You can feel it. It's about to happen in this next chapter. Second Samuel 18. David reviewed his troops and appointed commanders of thousands and of hundreds over them. He sent out the troops, a third under Joab, a third under Joab's brother Abishai, son of Zeruah, and a third under Ittai of Gath. The king said to the troops, I must also march out with you. You must not go, the people pleaded. If we have to flee, they will not pay any attention to us. Even if half of us die, they will not pay any attention to us because you are worth 10,000 of us. Therefore, it is better if you support us from the city. I will do whatever you think is best. The king replied to them. So he stood beside the city gate while all the troops marched out by hundreds and thousands. The king commanded Joab, Abishai, and Ittai, treat the young man Absalom gently for my sake. All the people heard the king's orders, all the commanders about Absalom. Then David's forces marched into the field to engage Israel in battle, which took place in the forest of Ephraim. Israel's army was defeated by David's soldiers, and the slaughter there was vast that day, 20,000 dead. The battle spread over the entire area, and that day the forest claimed more people than the sword. Absalom was riding on his mule when he happened to meet David's soldiers. When the mule went under the tangled branches of a large oak tree, Absalom's head was caught fast in the tree. The mule under him kept going, so he was suspended in midair. One of the men saw him and informed Joab, I just saw Absalom hanging in an oak tree. You just saw him, Joab exclaimed. Why didn't you, why didn't you strike him to the ground right there? I would have given you ten silver pieces and a belt. The man replied to Joab, even if I had the weight of a thousand pieces of silver in my hand, I would not raise my hand against the king's son. For we heard the king command you, Abishai and Ittai, protect the young man Absalom for me. If I had jeopardized my own life and nothing is hidden from the king, you would have abandoned me. Joab said, I'm not going to waste time with you. He then took three spears in his hand and thrust them into Absalom's chest. While Absalom was still alive in the oak tree, ten young men who were Joab's armor bearers surrounded Absalom, struck him and killed him. Joab blew the ram's horn and the troops broke off their pursuit of Israel because Joab restrained them. They took Absalom, threw him into a large pit in the forest, and raised up a huge mound of stones over him, and all Israel fled, each to his tent. When he was alive, Absalom had taken a pillar 
and raised it up for himself in the king's valley, since he thought, I have no son to preserve the memory of my name. So he named the pillar after himself. It is still called Absalom's Monument today. Himaaz, son of Zadok, said, Please let me run and tell the king the good news that the Lord has vindicated him by freeing him from his enemies. Joab replied to him, You are not the man to take the good news today. You may do it another day, but today you aren't taking good news because the king's son is dead. Joab then said to a Cushite, Go tell the king what you've seen. The Cushite bowed to Joab and took off running. However, Ahimaaz, son of Zadok, persisted and said to Joab, No matter what, please let me also run behind the Cushite. Joab said, My son, why do you want to run since you won't get a reward? No matter what, I want to run. Then run, Joab said to him. So Emmaaz ran by way of the plain and outran the Cushite. David was sitting between the city gates when the watchman went up to the roof of the city gate and over to the wall. The watchman looked out and saw a man running alone. He called out and told the king. The king said, if he's alone, he bears good news. As the first runner came closer, the watchman saw another man running. He called out to the gatekeeper, look, another man is running alone. This one is also bringing good news, said the king. The watchman said, the way the first man runs, Looks to me like the way Ahimaaz, son of Zadok, runs. Then this is a good man. He comes with good news, the king commented. Ahimaaz called out to the king, all is well, and paid homage to the king with his face to the ground. He continued, Blessed be the Lord your God. He delivered up the men who rebelled against my lord the king. The king asked, Is the young man Absalom? All right. Ahimaaz replied, When Joab sent the king's servant and your servant, I saw a big disturbance, but I don't know what it was. The king said, move aside and stand here. So he stood to one side. Just then the Cushite came and said, my lord, the king, hear the good news. The Lord has vindicated you today by freeing you from all who rise against you. The king asked the Cushite, is the young man Absalom? All right. The Cushite replied, I wish that the enemies of my lord, the king, along with all who rise up against you with evil intent, would become like that young man. The king was deeply moved and went up to the chamber above the city gate and wept. As he walked, he cried, My son, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom, if only I had died instead of you, Absalom, my son, my son. In all of this, two things are happening at once. God is vindicating his man. It's been said, crisis never made any man. It only reveals what he already is. This crisis, the sin with Bathsheba, and all the things that have happened, all of it now, it's revealing both the weakness and the basic strength of David. David will not seek revenge. He will not give in to bitterness and anger. Shimei, I was cursing him. David said, leave him alone. God told him to do it. That's a remarkable thing to say. But you remember back in 1 Samuel when he had chances, several chances to kill Saul. He didn't do it. And now here is his son Absalom who rebelled against him, tried to take over, tried to, tried to take the kingdom from him and largely succeeded for a while. Now he is dead. But David weeps for his son and wishes that he had died. Here is a great man.
here is with all of his faults, and they are many, and they are obvious. We can see them. But he did love God, and he loved, he loved his enemies. He loved his own son when his son turned against him. Hesed in the Old Testament, loyal love. That's God's love for us. This is a human picture of Hesed, God's love. While we were rebels, God loved us. While we were his enemies, God loved us. While we were yet sinners and ungodly, Christ came and died for us. So now, may that love flow, may that hesed, may the loyal love of God, the overwhelming love of God fill us with amazement that God found you and me while we were enemies, while we were God-haters. God brought us into his family, forgave us, restored us, healed us. He is sanctifying us. He gave us seats up in heaven. Us, seats in heaven. Go out and rejoice. Have a great day. Rejoice in the loyal love of God. May that love be seen in us today. Go. Have a great day. There is yet more to come in the story of David. God bless, folks. See you back here tomorrow.